The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. It sure is, and welcome to it. John Scholes here, ready to roll for another evening. Lior Samfiru is your guy as well. Doing all the heavy lifting, as they see here on the Employment Law Show uh, tonight. You want to reach out, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, is always at your disposal. It's free, it's anonymous, and we'll give you the answers to a ton of questions anonymously as well, so check that out. But like I said... Main topic momentarily, all about constructive dismissal. Maybe we'll start with a uh, description right off the top in just a moment here, but we always get to the case of the day, pal. What do you got cooking tonight? Hey, John. Always, always awesome to be here talking employment law and, of course, trying to get those questions answered, those problems solved. That's exactly why we are here today. We have lots of stuff to talk about. We have a long list of things that we can uh, discuss to inform you well, I can tell you what you should do about it, or I can at least tell you what your options are. Constructive dismissal, wrongful dismissal, human rights violations, discrimination, severance, you name it. If there's a workplace angle to it, and of course, you can also reach me in the office, as John said, so we can have that private chat. Phone or email works beautifully. Uh, but right now, week there was, or if I call it now the case of the day, something that came across my desk earlier today. I spoke with a lady that about three years ago, had some uh, significant attendance issues. Reasons don't really matter right now, but she had some attendance issues. She wasn't at work on time, and her employer was very unhappy with her three years ago. And they wrote her up, and in fact, they they gave her a final warning, you better shape up or else. Well, guess what? She did shape up. And over the past three years, she had no more issues. She was on time. She was, by all accounts, a model employee. Well, last, fast forward to last week. Uh, again, she was late. No excuse. Not not saying that she uh, she was justified, but her employer said, "Well, here's the thing. We told you three years ago when those issues happened that if you were late again, we're going to let you go. We're going to let you go for cause. Well, you are. So we're going to fire you now for cause based on those past warnings. You're not owed anything." So very upset, of course. She calls me uh, today. She had worked with this employer for a total of four years. And she wants to understand, you know, did I make such a big mistake now? I was late, fine, my bad, but can they fire me for cause? Am I not owed anything after four years? Well, John, the thing is this. These warnings that that she got, they don't continue to stay with you forever. They have a, a limit because clearly the warnings did their thing, right? They worked. She had these issues. She was warned, you better shape up. She did shape up. The warnings accomplish those things. That doesn't mean that forever and ever they can hold that against her and then over her head. Realistically, if you know, if it's something that happened in the first year, maybe they can rely on those warnings. Three years later, the fact that those warnings were given, not really of any value. They have to start the process again. So you were late, we're going to give you a warning. 
If you're late again, we're going to give you another one. Maybe then we'll give you a final warning. And then, hey, if you keep doing it, we're going to fire you for cause. They can't go back and rely on what happened years and years ago. It doesn't work that way. And it's a reminder that, number one, it's very difficult to fire someone for cause. It really is. It's not enough that the employee did something wrong. That's not enough to be just cause for dismissal. And second is the idea that an employer does have to build up its case. They can't just wake up one day, realize that the employee did something wrong, fire them for cause. They have to put in the work. They have to build the case, provide warnings, opportunities to improve. And then, and only then, the company may be in a position to fire for cause. They didn't do that properly here. And because of that, John, this is a wrongful dismissal. They owe her about six months severance, and I'm going to help her get it. And by the way, anytime you want to reach out to Lior when we're not doing this fine show every night of the week, one 821 5900 have that private chat. Melissa, how are you tonight? Good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for uh, for taking the time. What's your concern? Uh, my concern is uh, I'm in sales in the hospitality industry, and the ownership um, has, forever their own reasons, refused to, even though we've met our quarterly goals, refused to pay us out on our bonus. Have, have they verbally said to you why? Um, basically, they just feel that they don't have to. Um, they're not very much um, educated here in Canada as owners. Um, but they also, I think with the company, they're blaming sales in a way of the company's reviews on Google. Okay. But sales has nothing to do with that. The operations department is solely responsible for that. Sales doesn't. Now, were the targets that you had to meet, were they outlined somewhere? How, how did you know what those targets were? They were, it was the budget um, that was approved um, at the end of last year um, mm-hmm. with our corporate office. And in the past, you've received bonuses when you met those targets? Yes. Um, like, basically, we didn't really have goals um, set after we um, reopened our company after COVID hit. So basically, did we have goals in 2021 and 2022? No, but that's because we didn't have a budget in place because we didn't know where the industry was going to go with COVID. Right. right. So, But we accepted that, but... Prior to that, we've always had incentive plans goals. Got it. Okay. So if there's a history, obviously pre-COVID, of, of paying once uh, paying the bonus once you meet these targets, and once those targets have been set now, they can't just decide, well, I, I know that we set these targets. I know in the past you always were able to count on the bonus, but this year we decided not to. They can't do that. That's a, a breach of the terms of employment. Now, the real question is, what can be done about that? Now, approximately for you, how much money are we talking about, ballpark? Um, I want to say, last time we did the calculation, like um, we did, we met first quarter and second quarter, so it's about nine. I want to say about maybe seven, eight thousand dollars. Okay, well, that, that's certainly significant. So you may be able to consider that a constructive dismissal. You may also be able to take legal action against them for, for unpaid bonus. The thing is this, you can't, there's no legal mechanism to force them to, to pay it without, you know, you taking legal action. So you ultimately have to decide, are you comfortable engaging them in legal means? Now, another option here may be 
to get to have them get a letter from me as soon as they get a letter from me and i tell them here's why this is illegal they may change their tune they get proper legal advice right so if you're comfortable with that that's probably the least confrontational way to go about doing this uh, but this may also be a constructive dismissal so that may give you the opportunity to say by not paying me the money that you owe me i can treat that as a termination of my employment and leave and get severance so there's a various options you have here and we did address that with the ownership, with mm-hmm. you know, with the leadership saying this is constructive dismissal. The owner's response back to, and this is going through a middle person through leadership to us was, if they want to leave, they leave. If they want to sue me, let them sue me. Okay. Well, I mean, you can decide what you want to do. You have various options here. More than happy to help you. But yes, what you've described, Melissa, is not legal, not at all. So I would definitely uh, highly recommend that you reach me after the show, connect with me by phone or email, and I'll be happy to help you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Melissa. And here's how you do that as we get into our uh, one and only break tonight, one 821 5900 and the team, help at employmentlawyer.ca. David, we see you and stand by. We're going to get you on the other side of the break. We continue with more Employment Law Show. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. You betcha, we are back. John Skulls hosting, and of course, Lior Samfuru here from Samfuru to Market LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Always reach out to uh, Lior anytime, 1 855 821 5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And you have the option of the website, which is built just for to make you smarter, right? Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We will get to our conversation in a couple minutes here, all about constructive dismissal. But as we always mention every show, we always go to your phone calls first. You are the priority. Day Wood, how are you, pal? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Uh, great. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time, my brother. What's what's going on in your world? Well, I've been truck driving for this company for the last two years as a as a, a contractor. Uh, that was my sole employment. And then when I was on the road, uh, my paycheck had not come, so I messaged the the payroll, and I got a message back saying, "Hey, we've gone bankrupt. You're not getting paid." So they kept three paychecks, and then later on we find out they've not even actually claimed bankruptcy yet. So I kind of wanted to know what's my rights in the situation. Are they still uh, operating, David? No, they're not. They've closed the doors um, uh, to the company itself. I went there recently, and they had uh, a uh, warning notice from the landlord saying that they owed a quarter of a million dollars. But they've, they've took everything from there, so... Okay. But when you look so, online, apparently there's like a website or something you can go on, and uh, one of my colleagues, he looked on there, and they're still not being claimed bankruptcy. Okay. So probably chasing the company for, for severance is going to be a dead end. I highly doubt that there's any money. They're probably a ghost right now. But here's the thing. With respect to unpaid wages, first of all, let's be clear. You were an employee all along. Not even a question. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but from a, a, an unpaid wages standpoint, the owners and the officers and directors of the company are personally liable for unpaid wages. So uh, it's not just the company. 
if if we know who the owner is, for example, the owner is plural, they are personally liable. So they can't hide behind the fact that the company doesn't have money with respect to unpaid wages. So in that respect, I can help you get that out or I can even direct you uh, to the appropriate government body that can help you uh, with unpaid wages. So I think severance, unfortunately, here, I, I just can't see there being an option. I, I, I just don't think that we'll be able to find any money for the company to pay. But it'd be much, much easier to get unpaid wages when those owners are, are uh, personally liable for it. Yeah, okay. So connect with me off air. Yep. You good, Davud? Yep. Okay, he's gone. Okay, Davud again. That uh, that number to reach uh, Leora Fair to take care of that business. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But let's get to this, pal. All about constructive dismissal. Just that term sometimes kind of throws people for a loop, leaves them scratching their head, right? So, uh, difference between a constructive dismissal and what people might see as familiar, a regular dismissal. What do you think? So, yeah, so regular, regular dismissal, very easy, simple. We know what it is. You're called into a meeting. Company says, we made the decision. We, the company, made the decision. We're letting you go. So, the company makes that decision. They decide to let you go. That's a dismissal. Constructive dismissal is different. A constructive dismissal, the company doesn't decide. You are, the employer, deciding that because of their conduct, they've terminated your employment. So, regular dismissal, company decides they drive that whole dismissal. With a constructive dismissal, you're reacting to what the company did to you. Usually, it's a change in the terms of employment. Uh, usually, it's them doing something that they're not allowed to do and saying, because you did this thing, because you, you've acted in a way that you're not allowed to, I, the employee, am deciding to consider my employment as being terminated. And because it's been terminated, because I've been dismissed, you have to pay me severance. So even though the company has not decided to let you go, they never called you into a meeting and told you today is your last day, from their perspective, they think you can still continue working. Doesn't matter. By you choosing to look at it as a termination, you now are imposing on them the obligation to pay you your full severance. All right. Um, how about a few examples, common constructive dismissal sit, uh, situations, Lior? What do you think? So, obviously, when we're talking constructive dismissal, the first thing we have to think about is changes to the terms of employment. So, usually, when a company does something that's illegal, something that results in a constructive dismissal, they've changed something. So, classic example is a pay cut. Company doesn't have a right to impose a pay cut unless it's really, really small. Uh, and if they do, you can be, can be able to say, well, by cutting my pay, constructive dismissal. I'm treating it as a termination and getting my full severance from you. By the same token, we can be looking at change in hours or in shifts. You know, they you had this shift, they change your shift now. Uh, demotions. Demotions can be embarrassing, and you don't have to accept it in most cases. And if you've been demoted, you may be able to consider that to be a constructive dismissal. Relocation. They relocated you. So maybe it used to take you 25 minutes to get to work. Now it's going to be an hour and a half because they've moved. Even though they didn't do that on purpose to hurt you, well, mm. they still change the terms of employment. That's a constructive dismissal. Another classic example could be a temporary layoff company does not have a right to put you on a temporary layoff, but if they do, if they try to at least, you can consider that temporary layoff to be a constructive dismissal. Say, I'm not accepting it. By putting me on that layoff, that's a termination. Now you have to pay me severance. So anytime the company takes the terms of your employment and changes them, makes a significant change, that idea, that, that notion of constructive dismissal should come into your mind right away.
How about, uh, you know, like workplace harassment? I mean, is that automatically or can it be rise to uh, constructive dismissal, a type of? So you have a right. It's a, it's a, just a basic right that every employee has to work in a harassment-free work environment. Well, what happens then if the company does something or, or doesn't do something and because of that you're subject to harassment, they either don't care and they let the harassment happen or maybe it's the boss harassing you, you're now dealing with a bad work environment. Well, by creating that situation, you can cons- you can consider that what the company did is put you in a constructive dismissal situation. So if you're a victim of workplace harassment, one of the options you may be able to uh, pursue is constructive dismissal. So you're saying, company, by putting me in this situation where now I'm being harassed, I'm being bullied, I'm being mistreated, it's as if you've terminated my employment. I don't have to continue working in this environment. Forget it. No, I'm leaving, but I'm not just leaving empty-handed. Now you have to pay me my full severance. So oftentimes, John, yeah, workplace harassment, one of the remedies that's available is to pursue a constructive dismissal. Again, we're talking about constructive dismissal here this evening, and any time you want to have more details, I'm going to direct you as well when the show is over to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for more details. Again, free and anonymous website, constructive, just to make you uh, almost as smart as Lior, almost. Could take a almost. little more practice, but almost, pretty close, pretty close. Constructive dismissal is what we're talking about. Um, Post-COVID world, which hopefully we're staying in for a while, are you seeing more constructive dismissals or fewer? Yeah, so, you know, kind of post-COVID world, once, you know, everything started being open and, and, you know, employers started looking around and saying, okay, we can resume business. I've started seeing a lot more constructive dismissal because in this post-COVID world, some employers decided they need to make some changes. So maybe they need to have different roles or change the shifts that they were working or, you know, maybe change the hours of work. In some cases, they, they decided to change whether they were working remotely and, and, and not. So they've decided to, to shift things around to change the way they're operating and while an employer may have a good business reason for making these changes in the post-covid world it doesn't change the fact that from an employee standpoint if the terms of your employment have changed well that's a constructive dismissal so remember it's not a defense for a company to say yeah we, we did reduce your pay but we had a good reason or yeah we did take you from day shift to night shift but the business really needed that it's not an excuse. An employer cannot make those changes, even if they have a reason, even if they're doing it in good faith, still can't do that. And in this post-COVID world, man, oh man, I've seen constructive dismissal happen uh, more often than ever. It's a huge thing. Probably every second call or every third call I get these days, it touches on the issue of constructive dismissal. So you have to remember that if you're faced with that situation, you have rights, you have options. Of course, you can't sit on those rights. You have to pursue them, but those are the options that you have. So your employer does something to you and you think, oh, you know what, based on what I'm hearing tonight, could be constructed dismissal. Thinking so, what do you do? So number one is you always want to have a way to uh, to prove what's, what's happened. So if your company says, yeah, just so you know, we're, we're planning on reducing your uh, hours, well, that's not enough because it's enough for, easy for them to deny it if you simply say, I'm gone, I'm leaving because you, you said that. No. Either you confirm that in writing or you wait for that to actually happen, right? Because the company is not going to admit things that hurts them uh, before they have to. So always, you know, how can we show that that's what happened, the company did? And once you're, you're faced with that, uh, that change or that the company did something that, that you don't want to accept, you don't want to continue working, 
before you leave, before you say that's it, I'm gone, I want you to call me. It's not every situation that's a constructive dismissal. We also want to take a look at your employment agreement. For example, I just told you that an employer doesn't have a right to reduce your pay. But what if five years ago when you started working, you signed an employment agreement that says, hey, we can change your pay if we want to. Well, if you signed something like that and you gave them the right to reduce your pay, well, then they can do it. So we want to take a look at that. So I don't want anyone to leave to quit before you speak to me. We have to do this right. We have to be smart about it to make sure that we don't, uh, we don't lose your rights. So you're saying someone can't just quit uh, and then give you a call. How about that? Well, I mean, that's kind of putting the, the cart before the horse, right? We want to make sure that we do this right. So, no, if you think you're in a constructive dismissal situation, you do act fast, but you act fast by calling me. Until you call me, you continue working, you do your job the same as usual, you don't, uh, you know, you don't confront your employer because we need to do this right. You don't resign. But once you talk to me and we determine, yes, it is a constructive dismissal, then we can talk exactly how you get out of there, how you uh, proceed with it, and how we are putting ourselves in the best position to get you that severance. So what do you say to those employees that, uh, you know, they want to be good team players most, right? And they're going to accept a pay cut or demotion because they just want to stick around, like you said, and be a, be a good soldier. Well, obviously, that's that's admirable, and I'm never going to tell someone, no, no, don't be a good soldier, but some things to consider. First of all is that when you accept a change like that, you, you accept a demotion, you accept a pay cut, because, you know, you, you really want to help your employer out. That's great, but the problem is you've given the company the right to do it again. So you may think, you know, just this one time, this one time only, I'm going to take this pay cut, but never again. Well, the problem with that is by taking this one-time pay cut, you've given the company the right to do it again and again and again. And the second, third, fourth, fifth time that they do it, you won't be able to do anything about it because you let it happen that first time. So you have to understand that being that good soldier can be very costly. And, and once you've opened that door a crack, it's very easy to for that door to stay wide, wide open. And you don't want that. The other thing I want you to remember is that you don't have a long time to make that decision. Okay, You have to act fairly quickly because if you continue working, after a while you're going to be considered to have accepted what the company did. So you do have to act quickly, but being a good soldier in some cases just is not something that's in your interest to do. And with that, we are uh, just about out of steam. You can join us uh, tomorrow doing it all over again. If you had some questions come to mind, that's okay. Hang on to them. Write them down if you have to. But join us again tomorrow at uh, 6.30. In the meantime, I always reach out to Lior. Don't pull the plug on anything until you talk to Lior and his team. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, go ahead and use it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We're back in tomorrow, another edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your evening. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. I'm on the law and I'm